crown we are talking about is only the things that we have or the things that we have gotten or the things that are capable of giving us pride Jesus had a crown whilst he was on the cross and it was the crown of thorns sometimes the crown is the crown of a challenge sometimes it is the crown of a problem sometimes it is the crown of distress sometimes it is the crown of anxiety sometimes it is a crown of perplexion sometimes it is a crown of overwhelming when you come to the place and then you are overwhelmed and you just feel like lord i am just this way in giving up it is a crown it is a crown and if only we'll be able to lay that crown and worship him he will take that crown and give us another crown God, we praise your name. anybody has today tonight even as we are here I ask oh Lord we lay it down Lord we don't want to pick it up again we want you to give us another crown somebody is troubled in the heart somebody is troubled in the mind somebody is troubled in the body somebody is troubled in the spirit somebody is being overwhelmed by situations but Lord we know they are all crowns Sometimes it will cause us to bleed because the crown that was placed upon your head, Jesus, caused you to bleed. Sometimes it will cause us to bleed. But Lord, we know that when we come before you and we lay that crown, just like the 24 elders in heaven lay their crowns bare on the ground, one thing that we know is that we will never leave your presence the same. I pray for each and every one that is here or gathered online through our portals lord facebook youtube and those that are in house we lay down those crowns and we take the crown of joy see me i believe in amen. amen we take the crown of peace the peace of god the peace of god the peace of god any issue that is unraveling any issue that is bombarding you that is causing your mind to almost go extinct in the name of Jesus, let the peace of God refresh your mind. Yes. I'm addressing issues in the realms of the spirit. Any encounters that seeks to waver us, waver us, waver us. Bible says that a double-minded person is unstable in his ways and cannot receive from the Lord. Anything that will cause us to be double-minded, believing, not believing, Believing, not believing. Going, not going. Receiving, not receiving. I curse it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I decree and I declare. Let there be liberation of our minds. Of our spirits and our souls. 
in the blessed and mighty name of Jesus let every force of darkness hovering around us give way to light in the name of Jesus and let the blessings of the Lord overwhelm the body of Christ and let a believer shout me a believing amen Let's take our seats in heavenly places. And worship you. We lay our crowns and worship you. Welcome each and everyone into the house of the Lord and also to the month of May where we are engaging God's wisdom for success. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm not hearing your amen. We are engaging God's wisdom for success. Praise the name of Jesus. Let me, before, and today I'm just giving the overview of it because throughout the whole of the month, we are going to go into different aspects of the wisdom of God. Amen. It is important, ladies and gentlemen, that we understand that God wants us to do well. Now, before I go into the scriptures and before I go into the message for tonight, I want you to know that anytime you must be promoted, you will write an exam. You will write a test. Anytime you must be promoted, you will write a test. Praise the name of Jesus. And the test will come in different ways and different forms. You read the book of Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 10. And Bible says that if you faint, if you faint in the day of adversity. And he was talking about the days of your trials, the days of your testing, the days of your challenges. It is not bad to be challenged. But it, there is always a problem when you let the challenge overcome you. Amen. You see, though I wish that um, um, I wish that example I did when I was doing the series on heavenly places, everybody will every day watch it. You know, where you are seated in heavenly places, and all that the enemy is throwing at you is just intended to get you out of heavenly places. Because as long as you remain in this building and it is snowing, it can be raining cat and dog. It can be snowing, whatever. It will never beat you. The only time it can beat you is when you go out. Now, whatever the enemy is doing or he'll be doing is interested in getting you out of your placement with the Lord. Hallelujah. It is so very important. Whether you are facing challenges or you are not facing challenges, understand that the essence of challenges, two things happen. Anytime challenges come, number one, it is because God wants to promote you. And then number two, the enemy also wishes that he will use those challenges or those trials to get you out of your rightful place so that the things that are yours can be denied you. And so in the book of um, Proverbs 24 verse 10, he says, if you faint... If you faint, if you faint in the day of adversity, means that adversity will come. But don't faint. You must not faint. You mustn't faint. You must not give up. You must not throw in the towel. You must not let the things that you see, the things that you go through, the things that you hear, the things that happen around you, determine your mood or change your relationship with the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah, because they will come. Whether you like it or yes, they will come. Otherwise, you can't be promoted. 
the reason why now can we read Matthew chapter 14 and let's start reading from verse number thank you Jesus 24 Bible said about the ship was in now in the middle of the sea okay they were going to the other side and now they were in the middle of the sea and Bible says that they were tossed with the waves they were tossed for the wind was contrary sometimes the wind of life will be contrary to your movement hallelujah Maybe your finances can be affected in a contrary wise. It could be your health. It could be anything. It could be your relationship. It could be your academics. It could even be your ministry. It could be anything. Whenever the wind is contrary, ladies and gentlemen, to your movement. Now look at what they did. Bible said that they were so afraid. Verse number 25. You see, but the good news is that, the good news is that, the good news is that, when the wind is contrary to your movement, Jesus will be there. Oh, you didn't say me a believing amen. Jesus will be there. The wind, in verse 24, the wind was contrary to their movement. But 25 says that in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Jesus did not come by the normal way. You see, when the wind is against you, always understand that Jesus is there. Isaiah 41 verse 10, he said, I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. I will always be with you. Look at that. Fear thou not. Why? Because I will be, I am with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't let things overwhelm you. Why? For I am your God. And I will strengthen you. He didn't say amen. <laughs> Yay. And I will help you. When the Lord helps you, when the Lord helps you, brothers and sisters, when the Lord helps you, there are things that naturally you cannot overcome. They become like bread. They become like bread. Caleb and then Joshua knew the secret. So when they saw the giants and everybody was running away from them, they said they are bread for us. My goodness. Hallelujah. David knew the secret. When everybody was running away from Goliath, he said, this is my key to the palace. David had been anointed. He had the oil, the kinship oil. He had the priesthood oil. He had the prophetic oil. But he was still following sheep. He was still in the backyard of the desert. You see, when God wants to take you into another dimension, you must face the contrary flow of the wind against your life. So that is why Bible is saying that if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It means that you cannot go forward. You can't go forward. You will always... Is, is it not God that told them that I'm going to give you the promised land? So why didn't God eliminate the giants? You must face them. You must face... It is, it is necessary. Somebody say it is necessary. Yeah. It is very necessary. You see? Now look at that. He said... And in it, I will be with you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anytime God wants to take you to the next step, you will face the giant. Now, so I was talking about David. David got to the battleground. Everybody was running away because they had seen a giant. But David saw the key in that test. He saw the key in that trial. Call Goliath to his next level. You can always see from one side of a coin. But when you try to see from both sides of the coin, you become advantageous. 
and you always have the authority. Amen. Because now you can speak from both sides. So be careful. Bible said that. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Sometimes when God shows me something, eh, it is not just related to maybe one person or one group. It is related. He said that what I say to one, I say to all. That is why sometimes when issues, I, I pick up signals in the realms of the spirit, I deal with it generally so that it can, you know, it can, it can solve issues. Praise the name of Jesus. Now he said, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And what did he do? Look at verse number 26. Remember in 24, the wind was contrary to them. But in 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were even the more troubled. The reason why they couldn't see Jesus, the Messiah, with them, even though it was Jesus with them, was because they were concentrating on the trouble and the problem. You see, you can never find the solution, even though the solution is there, when your eyes are rather on the problem. That is why I just said that until you see the two sides of a coin, you will always not be able to, you know, have an authority. Amen. You must see both sides. So what I'm trying to say is that when they, they, they couldn't see Jesus, they saw him and then look at it. They said it is a spirit. A spirit, Jesus that you have been walking with, eating with, drinking with, staying with, three years. How can you see him and say it is a spirit? Some of you have known you maybe for a couple of months, but even if I see your shadow, I can be able to say that, ah, maybe this is a Rama's shadow. Then you have stayed with Jesus, eating with him, stayed in the same house with him three years, and still, because their mind was set on the issues that were happening instead of the solution that the Lord was bringing to them. Praise the name of Jesus. So look at, look at the next verse. And they cried out in fear, but straight away Jesus spoke unto them and said, Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Somebody say, Be of good cheer. Why? Because it is I. Be not afraid. In that test and trial, Jesus will be there. Verse number 28. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come unto you on the water. Verse 29 says that so he began, Jesus said, Come. And Peter was coming down out of the ship. He walked on the water. Remember, the wind was still contrary to them whilst Peter was walking on. Josephine, do you remember that? All of a sudden, when Jesus said, come, he had forgotten that the wind was contrary. He had forgotten that the boat in which they were was almost capsizing. And all of a sudden, listen, listen, to the point that the waves were almost overturning the boat, and they were so afraid. And now Peter was able to jump out of it. It means that the power of the Lord in that situation numbed. You know, it's like it immobilized their senses of reaction to what was happening. But there was some, look at that. And, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he was walking on the water to go to Jesus. And verse 30 says that, but, but. The moment he started now overseeing the power of God or, or, or leaving his concentration on the power of God and concentrating on the things that were happening, Bible said that he began to sing. And when he began to sing, what did he do? Bible said that and he cried out and said, Lord, save me. 
And of course, the Lord saved him. Isaiah 26 verse 3. So in times of trials, trouble, what must I do? Isaiah 26 verse 3. He said, you will keep him in perfect peace. Somebody say, whose mind? Yeah. Whose mind is stayed on you? Help you go back to Matthew chapter uh, the 14. Now look at the verse number 29 again. Remember this one. We'll come back to Isaiah 26 verse 3. And verse number 28, sorry. Matthew 14, 28. He said, and bid me to come. And then 29. And then now, so the Lord told him, come. Verse 29. And the Lord said, come. And he was walking on the sea to go to Jesus. And 30 says that, but when he saw the wind boisterous, in the midst of the boisterous nature, settle your mind on Jesus. Amen. That is, what I'm, that is the solution. Anytime you are perplexed, anytime you are troubled, because Paul said that we are perplexed on each side. He said we are troubled on each side. He said that we die daily, yet we don't give up. Hallelujah. So what must you do? Keep your eyes on Jesus. And what does it mean to keep your eyes on Jesus? It means stay yourself in the word. Bury yourself in the word. Let the word become your solace. Let the word become your 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 booster. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Well, that was just by the way to let us know that if you are going through any issue, let the word become your greatest um, desire. Hallelujah. Focus on Jesus. Of course, in, in Isaiah 50 and verse number 7, he says that, he said, Isaiah 50 verse number 7, he said, I, I'll set my, for the Lord will help me. Even in the trouble, therefore shall I not be confounded or confused or put to shame. Therefore have I set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Hallelujah. When you stay your eyes on the Lord, you cannot be put to shame. Doesn't matter the challenge, you cannot. And I'm talking to people who will never be put to shame in Jesus name. Hallelujah. So I want to go quickly now to engaging God's wisdom for success and i'm giving the overview quickly about it and then from sunday we will go into the various details and it is important that we take very good notes of this overview now so understand that being born again makes us citizens of the kingdom of god hallelujah and the kingdom of god is a very important kingdom so much so that before you can be part of it you must be born again it is not just something you can just enter into we went to atlanta and then Elder Marshall was giving exhortation. And then he said that the kingdom is so powerful that you must... He said that the, the way into the kingdom is to be born again. And then the Lord magnified it in another dimension and told me that it is so important that in order to be part of the kingdom, you must be born again. When you go to certain countries or when you want to travel into certain countries from other countries... And you go to the embassy, you see a huge queue, a, a huge line. Some of you may resonate with what I'm talking about. Some of you too will not even understand, but that is fine because it may not be an example related to you. When your example comes, you'll pick it up. Amen. When you go to certain countries and then they want to apply for a visa 
to into another kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a tag of war. It is a matter of prayers and fasting. It is a matter of many things. Somebody say me a believing amen. amen. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. So, <laughs> the kingdom, the, don't worry if you don't understand it after service, I'll explain what I'm talking about. Amen. Sometimes people go to the queue, the line from morning around 4 a.m., 3 a.m., and they are queuing for an office that will open at 9, and they will be there. Man, they will be there. You, and they will be in the line. They don't move because you move, somebody takes your place, and they will be there. And when they go, and then they appear before whoever they are going to secure the visa, they are like angels. Hallelujah. You have to Choose your words well. Be very calculative with your words. Oh, yes, please. Oh, you know, words that naturally they don't even say, they will be saying it. Because they want to, you see, because they want to enter into another kingdom. This kingdom called the kingdom of God is so important and so expensive that before you can enter into it, you got to be born again. But we don't even understand it. So very important. That is why not everybody is into the kingdom. You must be born again. You got to be. It is, it, is, it is a requirement into the kingdom. And why is this requirement so? Because of two things. Because in the kingdom of God, there are these two things. Number one, all things are ready. Write it. It is so very important we understand it. That in the kingdom that we have been born again into, all things are ready. Number one, that is Luke 14, 17. In Luke chapter 14 and verse number 17, Jesus was giving them the parable of the kingdom. And he said, it is like a man that had thrown a party. And then he said... And he sent his servants at supper time to go and say unto the people that are being invited to come into the kingdom that all things are now ready. So in the, the reason why not many people can enter into the kingdom and the reason why you got to be born again before you can enter into the kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, is because all, number one, all things in the kingdom are ready. Everything that you must have, everything that you must need is already made available in the kingdom. Before Adam and Eve came, they, everything that they would have needed for life was already made available. Do you understand it? And number two, the second reason why this powerful requirement is needed is because everyone in the kingdom is called blessed. B-L-E-S-S-E-D. Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 9. He said, write. And he said unto me, write. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. The word blessed means empowered to do well. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. So at least these two assurances are embedded in the kingdom. That is why you cannot just, you know, it is not something that you can just sleep and then the next moment you are in. You have to be born again. It is a requirement. Because of these two powerful assurances in the kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, so what did the uh, conversation of Jesus 
and Nicodemus, which of course we know is in John chapter 3, right? And I'm reading verse number 3 and 5. Jesus said to Nicodemus that you can access, you can access success. You can access goodness. You can access all the things that you are seeing, that you are fanciful about in my life when you become born again. So John 3, 3 to 5. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? Verse number 5. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter, he cannot access the kingdom of God. Now, so, many people can be in the kingdom of God from the verse number three, when they are born again, but accessing it may not be there, which is verse number five. Please, do you understand it? There's a difference. I think, <clears throat> I think I've spoken about it uh, before. There is a difference in seeing and in accessing. Okay? Now, so, the kingdom has these two major provisions of all things are available. <clears throat> and number two, of being blessed, being empowered to do well. But it is not for everybody in the kingdom. It is for those who have entered. Does it make sense? Because the first one said, you will see the kingdom. How many of us have seen United Kingdom before? London. You have seen London before. Oh, let me see your hand up. I'm not saying you have gone to London before. You have seen London before. Let me see your hand up. Okay, God bless you. Now, oh, put your hand up. You have seen London before. Okay, you see almost about 95%. How many of you, how many of us with our hands that were, no, please keep your hands still up for me. If you have seen London before, keep your hand, please. We are doing service here. You have seen London before. Good. Now, you have entered into London before. Keep your hand up. If you have not entered into London, put your hand down. Okay, you see the many hands that were up, but you see the few hands that are now up. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. So there is a diff. God bless you. So there is a difference between seeing and entering. So many people are seeing the package of London, but they are not partaking in the package of London because before you can partake in it, you have to be there. So many people are seeing the package of the kingdom which I just spoke about, but not everybody is accessing or enjoying it. Now, when you come to the place of accessing and enjoying these two major blessings and benefits and cardinal provisions made in the kingdom, we say that you are working in good success. Do you understand it? Yeah. In the book of Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8, the Lord himself speaking, spoke unto Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So, the protocol system in working in 
good success is for you to do something. Amen. You access it and then you begin to do what is enshrined in there. Let me read two more scriptures to you and then I will continue. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 25 verse 24 to 27 Matthew 7 24 to 27 Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain, remember I spoke about the forces that come against life. The rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not. Why? For it was founded upon a rock. And what was the founded rock? The founded rock was that he heard these words of mine and hated them. Now look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. That is very, that, uh, uh, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. So the difference is doing them, not hearing them, not seeing them. You see, seeing them is like hearing them. But entering them is doing it. Are you getting the correlation here? Now, to, to see the kingdom means you hear the word and you're excited and it's in your heart. But to access, to enter into the kingdom means you are now a doer of what you heard. So he says that, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man. And remember in the kingdom there are wise and foolish uh, uh, citizens. Jesus said it. And Jesus said that the proportion is equal. And one of the things that I, I'm always saying is that, Benedicta, when you read the scriptures, understand that we are all fulfilling it. So you ask yourself, am I part of the foolish virgins or am I part of the wise virgins? Everybody, 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 you are either part of one or the other. You can't say that I'm not part of the wise, I'm not part of the foolish, I'm in the middle. There's nothing like that. Amen. And here Jesus also gave the two preambles. Those that hear and do, who are like they have built it, I mean, they have built their lives. They have built their lives upon a rock. And that rock is the doing. And Bible said that the rain came down. The wind blew. The storms arose. But it will not fall. And let me tell you something. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so important that we understand. Now, can we continue? Verse number 27. Look at 27. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Lift up your hand. Say, Father. Oh. You won't pray. <laughs> say, Father. Give me the wisdom of God to build as a wise servant in Jesus' name. Listen. What, I, what got me it's the last part of it. He said, and great was the fall of it. When Bible says great was the fall of it, it means that sometimes after that fall, there cannot be recovery again. There are times in your life when you fall. Let me explain it to you. There are times in your life when you fall, you just wake up and then, and then you, you are going, okay? When a child falls. But there are some times in life, Elder, when you fall, it can lead you to death. Do, do, you, do you know that? 
When a baby falls, they just cry a little. They walk out, they wake up and then go. Even at your age now, when you fall, you can. The only thing is that you be a little ashamed. Ah, look at a big man like me, and you have fallen in public. Oh, <laughs> what a shock! <laughs> Hallelujah! Immediately you run into your car and then you leave, but you go. But at a certain age in life, okay, when the person needs very careful calculated steps, when you fall. Sometimes it can keep you in bed till you die. So it is not just falling that is falling, falling for falling sake. There are some falling, it will lead you into the grave. <laughs> okay, I'll talk about it on Sunday. Because if I go there right now, it will be different. Praise the name of Jesus. So it is important that brothers and sisters, we understand what he was talking about. That there is something called a, a great fall. There is something called a great fall. Which when it comes, there cannot be recovery again. And that is why it is important that we build upon the word of God. Let me give you a third scripture. Go with me to the book of James chapter 1 and verse number 22 to 25. James chapter 1 verse 22 to 25. Remember, I'm talking about engaging God's wisdom for success. Okay. Now, look at James 1, 22 to 25. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anybody be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like unto a man beholding himself in a mirror when he leaves verse 24 says that when he leaves when he finished looking at himself and he leaves he straight away forget what his face or his body was looking like verse 25 but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer, a doer, a doer of the work, a doer of the work of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Is it not powerful? So ladies and gentlemen, and when we talk about the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God is in John chapter 3 verse number 5. Which says that except you are born of the spirit. You are born of the water and of the spirit. The water and the spirit is the wisdom of God. The water and the spirit is the wisdom of God. Praise the name of Jesus. When you hear somebody say the wisdom of God. We are talking about the water and then the spirit. By the way the water represents the word of God. The word of God and the spirit of God works together to manufacture or perform what is called the wisdom of God. What is success? According to Bible definition, therefore. Having the ability to hear God and the grace to do what he says. Simple. Success. Having the ability to hear God. Because if you can hear God, brothers and sisters, everything is okay. And number two, doing the grace to do what he says you should do. So, what is success? I'll define it again. That is the main definition, but I'll give you two sub-definitions. So the main definition is having the ability to hear God and the grace to do what he says you should do. That is called success. 
Remember the scripture we read in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He said that you shall observe to do. So you shall hear to do. You shall hear to do. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, what is another definition of success? The rightful and timely application of the knowledge from God. Yeah. In the course of the month, we'll be using all these three. So please take note of them. The second definition is that it is the rightful and timely. Because sometimes we have the rightful information, but we respond at the wrong time. Yeah. So the rightful and timely application of knowledge, of the knowledge from God. God tells you, stay here. You said, okay, and then you are staying. God says that, go, you are going. You don't say that, God, I'll go when I'm okay. He will not be there. When God tells you something, if God tells you, come, he is there. If God tells you, go, he is there. If God doesn't say it, you are on your own. So the ability to hear God and the grace to be timeless. You see, and when you, are the, the, when you are operating in the right time, we call it chaos or kairos. It means that you are not out of time. You are not before time. You are not after time. You are right on time. Kairos. Nobody will miss their kairos in Jesus' name. Praise the name of Jesus. Number three. What is success? I had another definition anyway. You can just write it. Knowing the right thing to do. And doing it at the right time. Knowing the right thing to do. And doing it at the right time. Brothers and sisters. When you walk in wisdom. You are more than a major weapon. When you read the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I mean chapter 9 and verse number 18. There was a very powerful statement over there. In fact. Let's start from verse number 14. About the story in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And verse number eight, 14, all the way to 18. There was a little city. Now look at how powerful wisdom is. How powerful wisdom is. How powerful wisdom is. Hallelujah. Now, he says that. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 14, all the way to 18. There was a little city and few men within it. And there came a great king against it and besieged it. And built great bulwarks against it. 15 says that now there was found in it a little wise man. And he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Verse number 16. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The next verse, verse number 17. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth amongst fools. Hey. Hey. No, 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 no. Give me the verse number 17. The words of the wise men 
are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth amongst fools. What he's saying is that if you walk in wisdom, huh? if you walk in wisdom, it is better than being a ruler of ten foolish cities. If you are a wise man alone, okay? He said that the words of a wise man are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth amongst fools. And then verse number 18, my goodness. Verse 18 says that wisdom is better than weapons of war. Somebody say wisdom is better than weapons of war. By the way, the definitions I gave is the definition of wisdom. I think I'm just remembering that I made mention success. It's not success, it's wisdom. It is the definition of wisdom that I just gave. I was contemplating in my mind. Did I say wisdom or success? In case I said it was success, I was talking about wisdom. Wisdom is having the ability to hear God and the grace to do what he says. Okay, And then the rightful and timely application of knowledge from God. And then knowing the right thing to do and doing it at the right time. That is the three definitions I've given about wisdom. And Bible says that wisdom is more stronger or more powerful than the weapons of war. What made David so powerful? It was wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Now let's go into the book of 1 Samuel chapter 18. And for four consecutive times, look at what Bible said about David. David had gone to fight. He had saved the city. Everybody was happy with David. And all of a sudden, his, uh, uh, um, his master, who was King Saul, all of a sudden became angry with him. But look at wisdom. What wisdom did for David. 1 Samuel chapter 18. Let's read verse number 5. And then we'll read verse number 14. And then we'll read verse number 15. And then we'll read verse number 30. They are all in 1 Samuel chapter 18. Verse 5, verse 14, verse 15, and then verse 30. If there is anything that we need, it is the wisdom of God. I'm telling you. Listen, brothers and sisters. Every day when I'm praying, two things... Amongst all the things that I will pray for, two things, they never elude me. If God comes and he asks me for, what do you, two things that you want? I don't need money. I won't say money. I want money, but I won't say money. Wisdom and favor. These are the two things. Listen, they will change your life. Wisdom and favor. Wisdom and favor. If God appears and he asks me, two things that you need, wisdom and favor. Now, Look at David's life in the book of 1 Samuel 18 and verse number 5. And David went out wheresoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. My goodness. And because of that, when he behaved himself wisely, the Bible said that Saul set him over the men of war. He was a boy of war. He was a boy of war. He had just come from the battleground. And then he told, and then Saul told, the, the, uh, the father, uh, Jesse, that let your son come and then be with me in the palace. 17 year old. He was made. Pastor Mama, he was set over all the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people. Why? Because of wisdom. Look at the next verse, verse number 14. Now, in verse number 14, what made the Lord be with David? Somebody say wisdom. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. So the first one, wisdom brought him promotion. He became 
on top of everybody. The second one, the Lord was with him. Wisdom brought him in partnership with the Lord. Now look at the third one. In the verse number 15. Verse number 15. Now, wisdom made his enemies afraid of him. <laughs> he wasn't praying and fasting. Wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Look at that. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. The king was afraid of a commoner, a little boy. What was the secret? Wisdom. Say, Father, give me wisdom. Listen, there are certain fights you are fighting. If you will be able to get the wisdom of God, that fight will cease. Because the people fighting you, the situation fighting you, the person fighting you will now become afraid of you. Saul took a spear and wanted to nail David to the wall. By wisdom, he became afraid of him. Now look at what wisdom did for him. Verse number 30. And this is the most beautiful of all. First Kings, I mean First Samuel 18 and verse number 30. Look at that. Then the princes of the Philistines went forth. And it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved him, himself wisely. He, 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 had, he behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that, can we all read it? Ready, go. So that his name was set, was much set by. That means that nobody could associate any error with his name. When the Lord said, I'll, I'll make you a name, I'll make your name great. It is wisdom that will bring that name great. Sometimes, People, the Lord begin to magnify people. They begin to walk in foolishness and then their name comes down. The Lord gives somebody a big company and then instead of working and operating the company in wisdom, they begin to operate it foolishly because the opposite of wisdom is foolishness. Jesus said it several times in the scriptures, either foolish or wise. Even with the virgins, he said five foolish, five wise. Then all of a sudden the company will collapse. Praise the name of Jesus. Can you say, Lord, endow me with your wisdom that I may excel and have success? We have four kinds of wisdom. Please write them down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 4. Four types of wisdom. Four types of wisdom. Look at the four types of wisdom. Paul said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Verse 5 says that. That the, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the, in, but in the power of God. Verse 6. How be it. We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world. So you see that he mentioned the wisdom of man. Man's wisdom. Now he's mentioning the second one, which is called the wisdom of this world. And then number three, nor the, prince, nor the wisdom of the princes of this world, which comes to nothing. Do you see that? Which comes to nothing. And then number four, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, which was ordained before God unto our glory. Now, the wisdom of man, the wisdom of this world, and the wisdom of the princes of this world, they all come to nothing. 
the verse number six says that they produce nothing. They produce nothing means that it doesn't matter what it gives you. It will not be able to take you beyond a certain limit. Look, that comes to not. That comes to nothing. So these wisdoms, the wisdom of man, of course, the wisdom of man talks about your experiential wisdom. Oh, this is how I've been doing it all along. So I think that I can do it like this. Everybody has some level of the wisdom of man. We are, Paul didn't say that it is bad. Now, but there is another wisdom, which is the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is how the world system operates in certain things. Do you understand? Sometimes the world system will tell you that until you get this certificate or until you marry this person or until you go here or until you get here, this and that and that cannot happen. That is the wisdom of the world. And then we have the wisdom of the princes of this world. That is the occultic wisdom that other people go and then seek for. Hallelujah. Like people will go consult mediums and then, you know, um, all these uh, uh, Masonic, uh, uh, um, 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 all, you, you know what I'm talking about. Praise the name of Jesus. Then they say that, come and join them and then they'll make you rich and all those things. They are all the wisdom of the princes of this world. And then we have the wisdom of God. But Bible said that the wisdom of God is a hidden, it is the hidden wisdom of God. Why is it hidden? Because not many people can accept it. Even though they can see it, they can't accept it. Now, because the wisdom of God in the kingdom, Elder Marshall, in this kingdom, we lead by seven. It is a wisdom of God which is hidden. Many people don't know that before you can lead or before the Lord can make you the head, you got to be a servant. It is the wisdom of God. Now, in this kingdom, the reason why it is a hidden wisdom is because we are exalted by being humbled. Now, in this kingdom, we gain by giving. Does it not go contrary to the wisdom of the world? In the wisdom of the world, we keep to get. But in the wisdom of God, we give to gain. Proverbs chapter 11. And verse number 24, 26. So engaging in this wisdom is what brings the success we are looking for in life. In the kingdom, in this kingdom, the hidden wisdom of God is that we, when you want to become first, become last. He said, and the first shall be last. The last shall be first. Isn't it not powerful? So, the wisdom, you see, that is why it is called the hidden wisdom of God. Eunice, it is hidden because not many people can accept it. No, not many people can accept it. So it is hidden. Except your eyes are open and you begin to see the revealed spirit behind the word, behind the letters, you cannot accept it. And so it is hidden. There is one that scatters and yet increases. He is scattering. You should lose, but he increases. And there is one that takes more than is necessary. And it becomes poverty. Is it not amazing that Marion, the the Israelites were moving from the promised land, I mean to the promised land from Egypt. And then the Lord told them, he said, I'm giving you quails and manna, but take as much as you can need. They said, no, we have to hoard. The following morning, they thank God. Is it not beautiful? You see, 
The wisdom of God eh, is such that, you see, that is why we got to receive it. And then we got to have the grace to apply it. Amen. Now, so there are two ways of accessing the wisdom of God. I already told you in John chapter 3 verse 5 that it comes by the word. It comes by the water, which is the word, and then by the spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. So let us look at the second part. So the first one is the word, which I gave you the scriptures in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 to 8. And then Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 27 and James chapter 1 verse 22 to 25. Now, let's, let me switch on to the spirit aspect of it. Because it says that by the word and by the spirit, we cannot enter in. We cannot access. Now, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and quickly verse number 10 to 13. And then we are done. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 10 all the way to 13. But God has revealed them. And the them that he was talking about was talking about the wisdom of God. The hidden wisdom of God. Okay, because can you give me the verse number six again? The same first Corinthians chapter two. Now the verse number six and then the verse number ten. The verse number six says that how be it we speak wisdom amongst them that are perfected, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of the world. That comes to nothing. Verse seven. Verse seven. But but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God had ordained before the world unto our glory. And then verse number 10 says that which, which God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Verse number 11. For what man knows the things of God except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So the, the hidden wisdom of God knoweth no man except the spirit of God. Okay. And then verse number, the next verse, verse number 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us, my goodness of God. And verse number 13, finally in 13, which things also we speak not in the words of man's wisdom, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Now, so, when you have access to the wisdom of God, these four things come into your play or come into your life. Number one, the things that are yours, you get to know them. You know, I'm taking all from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse number 12 all the way to 16. Four points. Quickly. When you walk in the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, which is a product of the word and the spirit. These four things happen. The wisdom of God, which is a product of the word and the spirit. These four things happen. Number one, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 12, you know all the things that are freely yours. Please write it for me. All the things that are freely yours. Many, many things are yours. You may never know them until the wisdom of God reveals them to you. 
And the wisdom of God, Chantel, is the word together with the spirit. So when the word, and you see, don't worry, in the course of the month, I'll be explaining it. Because, Elder, Elder Joe, sometimes God has to just blow the cover open like this. When you read the book of uh, Luke, chapter 24, and then verse number 45. Luke 24 and verse number 45. Bible says that, and the Lord opened their eyes that they might behold. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So there is, there is, there is, there is an access to something called success in the scriptures. But you can read it every day. You will never know. But when the spirit comes and blows the cover of the scripture open, and then you see, you go like, man, I never saw it like this. It happened in the days of Jesus. When he went into the synagogue and they gave him the book, in the book of Luke chapter 4, when he started reading from verse number 18, 19, 20, and then they gave him the scripture and then he read it and then he expounded on them. Bible says we have never seen it like this. We have never seen it after this manner. When you come to see the wisdom of the word, so the letters are there, but when the spirit blows the cover of the letters open, and then you don't see the letters, but you see the spirit behind the letters, your life changes. That is all I'm talking about. So we have the word, and then we have the spirit. But the spirit is what gives life to the word, to the letters of the word. The spirit is who gives life or who makes the letters of the word real in your life. So you can read, I shall not be, I shall not, I shall not die, but live and declare the words of the Lord. It is just words that you are reading. But what brings it into life is the spirit. Yeah. So the wisdom of God is the word of God together with the spirit of God. And when the two infuse into your system, you begin to walk in success. All that I've spoken about, in summary, one sentence, that is it. That success is a product of the wisdom of God. But the wisdom of God is the word of God and the spirit of God. How do they work together? The spirit blows the cover open of the word. So the same thing you have been reading. One day you read it and he said, what? And I didn't see it like this. When you were in school, or now that you are in school, sometimes you can read a certain subject. You read and read and read. You are not understanding it. And then, God bless you. <laughs> and then, sometimes you go to, now watch me, sometimes you go to somebody, you say, Brother Joe, this one I don't understand. Do you understand? He said, oh, it is very simple. It is this, da, da, da. He said, ah! How didn't I know? And I've been, have you, I, can I have witnesses here? Yeah. The spirit, Brother Joe, Open the cover. That was making it difficult for your mind to comprehend it. Right now, I say, ah, how did you know it was that easy? Oh, and I've been struggling like that. Have you been there before? So, everything that we need is embedded in the scriptures. He said that you shall observe to do according to all that is written. And then you shall prosper and have good success. But except the spirit blows the cover open. Because you know something? The scriptures are sealed. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the scriptures are sealed. It is the spirit of the Lord that brings us, that breaks the seal of the scriptures. 
When you read the book of Isaiah chapter 29 and verse number 11, look at Isaiah 29 and verse number 11. He said, the life of everybody is like a vision and it is like the words of a book that is sealed which men deliver to one that is learned. And they said, brother, everything that you need is inside this one. Take it and read it. He said, I cannot. Why? Because it is sealed. I've been reading it, but I don't understand. I've been reading. People can read the scriptures and they are even confused. Now they begin to say nonsense. Because the Bible is a prophetic book. Huh? Let me tell you. The, Jada, the Bible is a prophetic book. You can use it for anything. I mean anything. The devil used the Bible to tempt Jesus. You can use the Bible to justify your sins. It, you, you'll, be, you'll be fine. You can use the Bible. It is called a prophetic book. What makes the power of the Bible is the inspiration of the Spirit of God behind the words. That is why he said that the letter kill it, but the Spirit give it life. So you can use the letters and justify foolishness. But when the Spirit comes upon the letters, you begin to see the wisdom of God. And Bible says that it is the hidden wisdom of God. And all of a sudden, your life begins. So he said that they gave it to somebody that is learned. They said, read it. He said, I cannot. Why? Because it is sealed. Then the verse 12 said that, and they now gave it to somebody who is not learned. And it was delivered to somebody that is not learned. And they said, all your blessings are embedded here. Please read it. He said, ah, even the person who was learned couldn't read it because it is sealed. How can I? And how was the book opened? When the Lord, in Revelation chapter 5, Bible said that there was crying because the book was sealed and nobody could break the seal. And then it was handed over and then Jesus took it and Jesus broke the seal. And Bible said that tears ceased. So when the Holy Spirit blows the cover of the word and you are able to assess it, tears cease. Praise the name of Jesus. Is somebody understanding the message? So number one, when you access the wisdom of God, you know what is freely given to you. And you take charge of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. Number 2. Number 2. When you access the wisdom of God, what happens? Number 2. You now begin to compare spiritual things with spiritual things. That is in verse number 13. Many people's lives have been delayed because of physical comparisons. I'll say it again. Number two, the first one is that you begin to know or you come, when you, ask, when you, when you engage the wisdom of God, you begin to know that which is yours, which is freely yours, and you take it. Number two, you begin to, or you compare spiritual things with spiritual things. You compare spiritual things with spiritual things. One of the things that delay life and destiny is comparison. Physical comparison. Oh, this shoe that you have bought, I have to buy one that will beat you. I have to buy one that will beat you. Comparison. He bought the latest car. Ah, or he bought a, a 2019 car. I'll buy 2022 car. Meanwhile, all your salary, all your wages for the year can buy 2003 VW Beetle. VW Volkswagen. You say, no, 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 because Ajua has bought a four-wheel drive. I must also 
drive the latest four-wheel drive. It is not wisdom. It is not wisdom. It is foolishness. Comparison. Comparison. If there is anything you must compare with, compare with your yesterday. You, yourself. Your yesterday. And always try to be better than your yesterday. Yeah. Praise the name of Jesus. Never run the race of somebody by comparison. The best I can let you do to me is to motivate and inspire me to go high. To tell myself that, ah, if Najal got it, then I can also get it all. But not to say that, ah, how can Najal get it and I will not get it? I, I, I force it. I have to force it. I will force to get it. Brother, we may bury you. Hallelujah. Many people have missed their destiny in life because of comparison. And look at all my friends. Look at all my age mates. Look at all that. Look at all that. Look at all that. Ladies and gentlemen, physical comparison. Paul said that they numbering themselves amongst themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. One of the recipes of foolishness is comparison. Yeah. Let somebody motivate you, but don't compare. The difference between motivation and comparison is, ah, brother, I thank God for you. But once God has done it for you, it means that God is within the neighborhood. And when you are motivating me, when I come to you, I go like, brother, how, what, what, how, how did you do it? How did you do it? But when I'm comparing with you, now where you are, I even want you to come down. Who told you that somebody coming down will let you go up? Praise the name of Jesus. Come to say that uh, the brother has gotten a fiancé. Then you are angry. Uh, 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 who, who, who was the fiancé? Oh, that sister. Uh, uh, why, why not me? Why, why not me? I'm preaching, baby. Praise the name of Jesus. Comparisons. Comparison. One of the... Listen. One major recipe for disaster in life is physical material comparison. Say, Lord... By the wisdom of God, help me not to live a life of unnecessary comparison. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Elder Marshall's house and see uh, what he's doing in his house. And then we will go there. And then when we come home, then me and my wife now, serious battle. Did you see your colleague? You saw your colleague's house. How his house is. And look at you. You call yourself a man. You call yourself a woman. Then all of a sudden, one slap, one. And then, meanwhile, before they started, meanwhile, before this comparison started, they were eating a bar without steel, and they were happy. They were eating dry bread, and they were happy. All of a sudden, they now saw somebody. Instead of the person inspiring them, they started, you know, competing. Listen. The wisdom of the kingdom in which we are is that we don't compete each other. We complement each other. Yeah. That is why in this church, when we are praying, we go out to win souls. We win souls. We say, come to church. They say that, I, 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 I'll go to another church. I said, are you sure you go? If you will go, go. But if you will not go, then come. We don't compete with anybody. No, we don't compete with anybody. If you see us going somewhere, it means we are going to learn. 
Because the Lord said, you shall observe to do. Listen, listen, brothers and sisters. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, I will preach it on Sunday. You must observe to do. It doesn't mean compete. It means observe. What is this person doing that is working for him? That is wisdom. It is wisdom. Sir, a man came, a pastor came to visit uh, 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 some of my children. And when he came, he has been in ministry long before Holy Hill Chapel started. When he finished, he came to my office. When he came, he said, Papa, I've been following you. He said, and I came. Apart from came, coming to visit, I came that you will pray for me, that grace will come upon my life. That, I mean, that is wisdom. Yeah, that is wisdom. That is wisdom. You know? I see your business doing well. Sister, what did you do? Can you help me? Man. I will also do some. Hallelujah. It is foolishness. I see your relationship prospering. I must be happy for you. Listen, brothers and sisters. Whatever you cannot celebrate, you can never have. Whatever. Whatever. You see somebody doing well. Celebrate the person. I was surprised. He came. And then he, came, and then he knelt down in my office. Lifted up his hand. He said, pray for me and anoint me. The ministry started long ago. It's not now that you are going to fight somebody. Hey, 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 hey. When you see something that is working, you shall observe to do. Observe to do. Many people, many people want to do without observing. Is it not powerful that Jesus, watch me. Is it not powerful that Jesus, uh, Ophelia, said that I am sending you to go, but wait. Go, but wait. Do you know the wisdom of that? means stay and observe. Don't just go because going then you are going. Okay, keep going. A car may knock, may, may knock you. <laughs> when you see traffic light <laughs> and it is red, what do you do? But are you not going somewhere? But why do you stop? Wisdom demands that you don't compare. And why is it that they are allowing these people to go? You go, your car will be smashed. I will talk into details about that. Number three. Say, Lord, deliver me from unnecessary competition. If there is any competition, let it be spiritual. Paul said that if there is any covetousness, covet spiritual things. Lord, can I pray more? Lord, come to church and you hear that somebody has given you. Say, Lord, can you help me to get... One day I went to a certain mini meeting and then they were giving and then somebody gave a certain amount, tens of times. I said, Lord, please. Whew. My heart, my heart, my heart was like renting. I said, Lord, if you will bring me to this place and this place and do this and do that and do that, you will know that I'm a show boy. <laughs> hey, that was the prayer I prayed. Though. I'm telling you. I said, God, if you will do this and this and this and bring me to this and give me this and this, you will know that I am a show boy to you. Yeah. I was... I was, I was excited on, on Sunday, first service. Second service, I didn't talk much about it. But on first service and Copal, I was talking about the expansion works we are going to do. After first service, one young lady here that has sold her car. She's going to buy another car. I didn't tell her anything. The Holy Spirit spoke to her. She went, she said, um, I have a seed. 
She went and then she brought it. The extra that was on it was $80. Some thousands with $80. She didn't take one. When I saw, I said, Lord, I'm looking for this money and that money. If it comes, everything is coming to you. That is what I'm talking about. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Not that the sister has bought a yellow wig. I'll buy pink and green. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Very soon, you may be the latest clown. Because the motivation behind you buying a purple and a pink wig is not so that you glorify God. It's not spiritual intention. But comparing physical things with physical things. So you alone, you wear the tent and everybody is running away. And he said, ah, but I saw Tayo wearing that same kind of design. The reason why your design is because of the intention behind your heart. Many people start things not because the Lord has told them, oh, but because of the intention. Why is it that this, even this little girl that is over there is doing it and it is going, how much more me? I also do it. Okay. Then the, everything goes down and you don't understand because the intention, the heart with which you did it was wrong. Anything that you do that the intention is not to bring glory to God. Stop it. Stop it. Amen. Number three. You judge all things. Verse 15. That means you take decisions. And then number four, you operate the mind of Christ. I'll talk into details about it on Sunday because of my time. But this month, we are going to access the wisdom of God. Nothing brings success, good success, like the wisdom of God. I'm going to teach you the various dimensions of the application of the wisdom through the spirit and then through the word. And then we will practice it. It's not just about teaching it. It's about, if it is just about teaching it, everybody can teach it. But it is about teaching and practicing it. Amen. Can you close your eyes with me? If you have been blessed, give a clap unto the Lord. Yeah. Ajua, you are not clapping. It means you have not been blessed. <laughs> okay. I want us to pray. Just ask the Lord, Father, endow me with your wisdom. Understand that wisdom is a product of God. He said, is anyone lacking wisdom? He should ask of me. Lift up your voice. Pray. Lord, grant me wisdom. Lord, grant me wisdom. Engaging God's wisdom for success. My goodness, it's such a beautiful month. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the wisdom of your word. Your wisdom and the wisdom of your word always brings us promotion and advancement. I pray in the blessed and mighty name of Jesus. If there is anybody that is desiring, Lord, to advance beyond where they are, it can only be a product of yours. And therefore, I pray, grant us the wisdom. Lord, grant us the wisdom. Somebody say, Lord, grant me the wisdom. In the blessed and mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Your wisdom brings healing. Your wisdom brings mending. Your wisdom brings acceleration. 
Your wisdom brings performance and your wisdom brings glory. Help us to walk in your wisdom. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Somebody shout me a believing amen. Give a clap unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I have been blessed tremendously. I believe that you have also been blessed tremendously. Listen, comparison brings unnecessary pressure in life. You'll be surprised the pressure it will bring you. Then later when you sit down and say, ah, why am I troubling myself like that? Hmm. Amen. Please lift up your offering unto the Lord. Quickly, let's put the giving portal on the line as the communion stewards. Please prepare the communions and then we will be out of here in record time. Hallelujah. Amen. With the speed of lightning. I see that now. Sons and daughters use that word and it's powerful. Amen. Let's do it with the speed of lightning. Amen. Samantha, you have really, really, really been missed. Amen. See the way people even shouted. It shows you. Lift up your offering to the glory of God. One of the wisdoms of God is that we give unto the advancement of his work. And in case you want to know, we are doing major expansion works here. And we need to push it. Amen. Father, we thank you for the grace of giving. Please receive our offering in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. We declare it is blessed. The soil is blessed and the seed is blessed. The harvest is guaranteed. Please drop it in. And then grab your communion quickly. Now remember, this Sunday is Mother's Day. We're going to celebrate all our mothers. Hallelujah. It's going to be very powerful. Every woman here. Even if you don't have a beloved, you are still a mother. Amen. Lift up the bread and the drink. It was bread and drink. Now listen. The communion is so powerful. It does amazing. All the miracles that you hear about healing. The foundation is the communion. Sunday, the woman, you were here, were you here on Sunday, first service, Angie? Yeah, you heard the woman's testimony. For 20 years, 20 years, she couldn't visit the restroom on her own. For three weeks, she would, take, she would go to the restroom once. And even that one, after medication and everything, she has to take a whole gallon of prune juice before she can visit. She said, now I do it twice a day. Hey! Even some of us that started long ago, we don't do it twice a day. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> She's more than Saul who became poor. My goodness, when the Lord does a miracle. So what you are holding, I want you to see it as a miraculous agent. Yeah. And I want you to pray over it. Whatever you want to see God do in your health, in your body. Huh? I want you to pray over the communion. Pray over it. And Bible said that then Jesus blessed the bread. And when he had broken it, he called it my body. Father, we bless the bread. And as we break it, we refer to it as the body of Christ. He blessed the cup and called it his blood. We receive the body and the blood. And Lord, we declare we are sanctified. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name.
Let's eat it together. Is it okay if on Sunday I go into details about comparisons? Yeah, I will. Because sometimes many people put unnecessary pressure on their wives or on their husbands or on their children. Or you look at your, your, your this, look at your that. And please, if you are here, don't let your children compare themselves amongst themselves. They will grow up to hate each other. Never use your children. Sometimes one is better in an area than the other. Don't say that. Look at, look at, your, look at your senior brother. Look at your junior. Especially if it is a junior. Don't say to the senior, look at your junior brother. You will create something that the rest of your life you will never like. Yeah. Never do that. Comparison is very dangerous. Amen. All right. Let's rise up on our feet. Today is your first time. I want to celebrate you. Today is your first time. Okay. Today is your first time. Let me see your hand up. Let me see your... Hallelujah. Ah, is that, is that, no, that's not your first time here. Okay. Let's, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord empower you. The Lord glorify himself in your lives and our lives. This week will be very good. Say amen. We are walking in signs, wonders, and miracles. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us, we condemn it. The name of the Lord will be glorified in our lives. Now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share the grace of God together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. With long life, full of prosperity and sound health, shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.